from Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. This is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we ask, what is the industry doing to train and prepare truck drivers? What are fleets doing to attract and retain drivers? And how is technology playing a role? We'll set out to answer those questions in this episode. We'll speak with Shelly Dillinger from Cargo Transporters for the fleet perspective. But first, let's discuss the technology side with our first guest, John Kearney, founder and CEO of Advanced Training Systems. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem at all. You've been in the industry for more than 30 years, and you have a background in training as well. Um, And with Advanced Training Systems, you're using simulator technology to help train new and existing drivers. Um, and you worked with CDL training facilities and trucking companies with this technology. Um, just from your perspective, how uh, the two markets that you work that you work with, um, how how are they benefiting from using simulator technology? Well, um, the advances in simulation have been tremendous. Many years ago, if you had a simulator, it was probably in a closet somewhere because the technology wasn't there to really make it work. Today. Uh, simulation is a key to proper training. And uh, from 25 years of experience in the training world, we realized that we needed that component of training in order to have the complete job done. Originally, the training was um, classroom, uh, then along came computer-based training, and then you went out and drove in a truck. Well, today you go get in a simulator if you're an advanced school and you learn things that you can't learn any other way. And that technology and using that, um, how does that improve the training and recruiting process in the industry? Uh, you know, how, how are you know, trucking companies using that technology? Are, are they using it to better train their employees? And in what capacity does a, a training facility use simulation? Do they use that versus the, the, the real life experience or is it a complement to that? Yeah, it's definitely a, a complement you do need all of the pieces of training, including driving in a real truck, but you will learn faster and you will learn more if you work with a simulator. The simulator uh, of any kind will uh, give you reports so you know where you made a mistake. You may be able to see it on the, the video screen so that you see yourself making the mistake and correcting it. In advanced systems, uh, you get to try it again until you learn properly how to do it. And in this age of uh, the virus, uh, more and more the simulation is being done without having to have people standing right by you uh, so that we keep the distance. Uh, the way that simulation is used in training that uh, perhaps enhances, let's say, is that uh, if you were driving in a real truck and you had a front tire blowout, you would have a serious problem uh, and a dangerous one. If you're driving in a simulator, you can be trained to handle a blowout with no risk to the equipment and no risk to human life. The same is true if an object suddenly is coming at you. The same is true if you're driving in a terrible storm. Uh, If you encounter ice, Uh, All of those kinds of things you cannot do 
properly in any other method uh, other than a simulator. So both the trucking companies and the schools get a tremendous benefit from improved training. And they, when they make a mistake, they know they made a mistake. They have the opportunity to learn further and do it until they don't make that mistake. They actually can prove they learned it. Uh, and reports are produced. You, it's very hard to produce a report while you're driving down the road and make a m mistake. You can do it, but you can't recreate it. So that's where simulation comes in. Young people are used to using simulation and all of their games, that's simulation. So if you want to attract young people into the industry, when they see a simulator, they know they're, they're with a company that knows what they're doing and they're an advanced company uh, with their drivers. Drivers tend to uh, appreciate companies that are moving forward. And that's uh, simulation is, of course, a major part of that. The other thing is that in high schools, we're now seeing, uh, and Patterson High School in California is a great example. They kind of helped start the program um, so that high school students can learn to drive a truck in a safe environment in a longer program so they gain the judgment uh, and those people can go to work in the trucking industry. Uh, the, the trucking industry also uses training with simulation to correct errors when an individual has had an accident, has done something that is uh, not appropriate driving. Uh, they use simulation to improve on those things and also for continuing education to remind the driver of the tools that over time you tend to lose some of those tools and simulation is a way to correct that. You know, with simulation technology, you can, as you were mentioning, you could customize that experience for the, for the driver, whether it being continuous improvement or training new drivers. You had mentioned the younger set really gravitates toward this type of technology. Does that play a role in, in, in driver recruitment? And, uh, and also a big picture view of it, you know, what is the dilemma you're seeing with, with driver recruitment? Well, that's a big subject. Um, the, the, uh, one of the major problems is that you cannot uh, get a CDL to drive interstate until you're 21. So uh, many of the young people coming out of high school go to work in, at uh, McDonald's or some other uh, fast food service or the fields where they are hired, um, and they don't go directly into this industry. Uh, by, by changing the law that will allow an 18 to 21-year-old to drive interstate, they are allowed now to drive in their state but not interstate across lines. So if we can get uh, legislation to allow 18 to 21 years old with a very adequate training program, much different than what an 18 year old who may go out and get his automobile license. People, people say, well, I don't wanna have an 18 year old. Well, there are 18 year olds that have good judgment, uh, who, who make good decisions, who have good reflexes and who can um, drive and take the responsibility of a truck. And we need to have a much longer training program and the high school is the place to do that. So that's, that's the, one of the problems of the industry is you can't hire an 18 to 21 year old and let him drive a truck today, except within your state. 
uh, most truck driving does involve going across state lines in, in many cases. So that's, that's one of the problems of, of recruiting. The other one, of course, is the, the relationship that an individual has with the company that he goes to work for. We're beginning to see the, you know, the trucking companies that are more advanced will hire and train, pay for the training, or cooperate with a school to do the training so that these people are not in heavy debt when they start driving. Uh, they, the companies will do a much better job of determining if the individual is likely to drive alone, for example. Uh, we find that if a person goes in the military before they become a driver, they do learn how to take commands. Uh, they're, they're better at taking direction. Uh, if, if we take a, a young person and get them in the industry early and treat them um, as a truck driver should be treated, uh, I think we're going to have more people who will stay in the industry. And that's not the case today in many circumstances. You know, as a former military, I can attest to that, just uh, the ability to take orders. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, that's a trait that was uh, ingrained in me when, when I was in the service. So I, I, I do agree with that um, particular assessment. Join Transport Topics in celebrating trucking's frontline heroes. Meet Peter Lacoste, driver for NFI Industries. It kind of feels good. You know, when you do something of service, the job gets done, sure, but it also gives you a little bit of personal satisfaction, you know, being part of the solution. I was always taught you get more if you give. There's more satisfaction in giving. Watch Peter's full introduction video and meet other heroes at ttnews.com. You know, as for you were talking about, you know, companies and, and driver recruitment, um, what you had mentioned, just the relationships, are those the major pain points when it comes to recruiting drivers or there's something deeper or, or um, less suspect? I, I think uh, pay is one issue. There are many, many types of pay programs, but truck drivers have huge responsibility. They have very high value cargoes. They have to obey federal and state laws and local laws. And if they have an accident, they're in serious trouble. Um, they have to meet a schedule of picking up their product on time and delivery on time. This is not just, I'm driving a truck behind the wheel. This is a management position. And we need to recognize the, the level that a truck driver really is in. And this pandemic did help with that because people began to realize there's nothing on the shelf. And why isn't it on the shelf? Well, the truck driver is the guy we need to get it from wherever it is to the shelf. So uh, recognizing the value of the driver. Uh, the next thing is maintaining the relationship with that driver. Make sure that he gets home when he has an anniversary, when his kids are getting out of school. Make sure he gets home on a regular schedule. The other problem is that uh, historically drivers would be gone on the road for weeks. Uh, today, the companies are trying much, much more to get the driver home. Uh, if, if they can every night, if not every other night, they're trying very hard to adjust the schedule to accomplish that. 
You had mentioned the effects of COVID, which has reached all all parts of the industry. My next question to you was about the the, the future of of driver training and recruiting, mainly uh, in the area of, of having a driver shortage. But I'm, I'm sure that you know, COVID has um, has affected that as well, and put kind of put a hamper on things. Uh, I would just like you, John, just to uh, elaborate on the future of of training, recruiting, but but also the driver shortage um, as a whole, and where do you see that in the the next you know six months or a year or so? Um, having uh, been a victim that almost died of COVID, uh, that has affected our our industry and changed even the way training is done. Uh, you'll go in schools today and they're keeping their six-foot distance, they're wearing masks, uh, and it's very difficult to put several people in a semi-truck uh, without keeping distance. So you, you have a higher cost to train because you may only have one other person in the truck. The demand for trucking, uh, one of the most serious problems is that we have an aging truck driver population, and that's why we have this, in part, why we have this demand issue and also the turnover because of uh, possibly poor selection of who will be a good driver and the way the driver is treated. Um, What we need to do is, in order to reduce the shortage, is to treat those who are in the industry much better. And I'm not saying that the trucking companies don't try to keep them better, but it's a long process to make a change in a company that has uh, 500 trucks or 10,000 trucks. Uh, That's a process that you have to go through to accomplish that. So the shortage, I believe, is going to continue for some time. I think if we um, essentially test the driver and evaluate him, and there are companies now that, that can do that, evaluate his likelihood to remain as a driver rather than work for six months and quit. I think if we um, make sure that the pay scale is sufficient, that they can have a, a reasonable livelihood. And that that is beginning to happen. Uh, compensation for truckers has gone up quite a bit. Uh, so if, if it's the right field for an individual, they should be able to make a good living. And further, we we haven't publicized what the truck driver job and what a truck driver really is and what his future is. Most people think I'm a truck driver, I'm gonna be a truck driver forever. At least their father thinks that. The truth is that you can move up in the industry. You can move uh, into management. You can move into the individual that communicates with the truck drivers. You can, you know, in Werner, the, the chairman of Werner, uh, started with one truck, and Werner has, I don't know, about 10,000 of them today. So we need to make sure people understand what the truck driving job is today, which is far different than what it used to be. We've been speaking with John Kearney, founder and CEO of Advanced Training Systems. John, it was a pleasure having you on. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being with you. In times like these, it's crucial to stay informed. Transport Topics is offering all the information you need to make business decisions in these unprecedented times. And in the wake of the many event cancellations and group gatherings, TT ensures a virtual way to consume business content and conversation. To join the conversation and stay ahead of the news, follow Transport Topics on all social outlets 
or by visiting ttn.ws forward slash stay informed. To speak more about driver recruitment, we're speaking with Shelly Dellinger, who handles marketing for cargo transporters and who is also a former director of recruiting for the company. Welcome to the show, Shelly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. You know, one of the things I want to discuss with you right off the bat is, is just what are some of the hurdles in, in gaining you know, top talent drivers? You know, right now, uh, the competition is brutal, especially those similar to cargo transporters. You know, sometime this week, we saw the first of probably many uh, announcements of driver pay increases. You know, which is wonderful for uh, the commercial drivers and the industry all around. But, you know, it's like the wave at a stadium. You know, once one company does it, you know, everybody else is going to follow suit just to try to keep up with the competition. And so we're seeing that just the the competition for those top notch drivers is, is, I would say, just brutal right now. And the overall marketing dollars from those companies have increased as we're all trying to backfill some of those seats that we lost or maybe were vacated due to COVID. And, you know, you don't really think about it as much, but we are in the midst of an election year. I don't know how you couldn't think about it, but some of those market, the marketing space that we have is being filled by those election ads and cargo transporters pockets probably are not as deep as some of those, you know, candidate um, organizations or those PAC um, committees. So, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of marketing space or ad space being eaten up by, by the elections right now in a time when we really, really need to have eyes on cargo transporters or, or, you know, some of the other companies out there. We really need uh, drivers in the seats. It's a really busy, well, we are busy right now. And that's, that's a good thing for the economy and for us also. I was just going to allude that you pretty much are busy. Definitely with the, the conditions that are going on now, you have a pandemic. And as you mentioned, there's an election. And on top of that, you know, you're trying to fight for space to bring in drivers, you know, versus the bigger fleets that are out there um, you know, outside of, of a pandemic and, you know, the election. How hard is it to, you know, to get yourself known out there to grab drivers? You know, that that is hard. You know, we try, we're in lots of different organizations, um, ATA, TCA, we try to promote our drivers, women in trucking, um, all in CTA. So we're promoting our drivers along with our company. And when you think of top-notch talent, you really do think of people that have tenure with a company. And with that tenure, obviously, there, there is some loyalty. And as your years increase with a company, you um, do gain probably some benefits that um, increase over time, vacation or paid time away. Maybe you're fully invested with your 401k. So all that plays into, you know, that top-notch talent isn't really searching for you. You need to be searching for them somehow. And there is a certain amount of loyalty that goes along with these drivers that are top performers at their companies. So it is difficult at times to get your name out there. Uh, You just have to, you know, plug away at it and, and find your niche. 
Yeah, you know, and, and you mentioned niche. What what are you doing differently than the the top fleets out there? And w- once you get those particular people, how are you um, incentivizing those fleet drivers to, to to stay on? We started a campaign last year, um, Acres of Diamonds, focus on home, and that led us to really try to focus in on our terminals that we have located here in Western North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, and the Charlotte area also. And we wanted our drivers to um, feel very connected to those terminals. The closer they live to a terminal, the closer they are to the freight, the more often they get home. Their trucks are serviced while they're at home. They don't have to you know, take a break or waste their time getting their trucks serviced. So um, that is kind of what we have been focused on is getting those drivers that are in our backyard, so to speak, and and grab them and and pull them on board and how we incentivize our fleet. I think you have to have a competitive base pay. You have to have uh, late model equipment. You have to have a robust benefit package. You have to be, um, your freight has to be driver friendly and and when you have those things, you can then start incentivizing your fleet. And one way we do that is we have a productivity bonus. And our um, bonus was paid quarterly. We moved it to monthly and hearing you know, some of our driver needs and that type of thing. And currently, our productivity bonus is paid out weekly. And we changed that because twofold, we were seeing... Um, as we move closer to maybe Friday, the loads were more difficult to cover for operations staff. And um, some of our drivers, you know, based on a quarterly bonus, they ha- maybe they took vacation or maybe something happened during that quarter and they were out. You know, they may have worked 10 weeks or 12 weeks and then something happened for two or three of those. And so we felt like a weekly payout would be more advantageous to the driver and maybe help our operations staff in covering freight. And it has worked. Um, once we move from quarterly to weekly, on average, over 43% of our fleet earns it on a weekly payout. And um, also, when we move from quarterly to weekly, we saw an 80% increase of those earning the bonus. So we felt like it's, you know, it's been a win-win, especially for our drivers. That definitely helps out morale, does it? Yeah, it does. I, I, I think it, it does. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, we have an annual safety bonus and for something to happen to you in December, you know, or at the end of the month or end of the year, you know, that it hurts, you know, it hurts your, your pride, your, your wallet everywhere. And, and um, having that weekly payout really does, I think, help morale. You know, that just sounds you know like some of the motivating factors that you're incorporating to one, recruit these drivers and then retain them and mixing in the sense of community and performance. Is that the particular philosophy that cargo transporters has when you know, getting those drivers and, and retaining them? Exactly. If you are engaged and involved in your community and you feel like your company is a part of your community, um, you're just a happier employee. I kind of want to take the macro view in all of this as well with uh, just the, the overall job market when it comes to drivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, have there been any trends disturbing or encouraging that you've seen 
in the, the last six or 12 months? Oh, well, some information came out. The clearinghouse had disqualified 26,000 drivers and only 21, I'm sorry, 21,000 of those drivers have not reentered the workforce. And, you know, that's disturbing. And we're seeing, we're seeing a number of drivers to leave for local drivers. You know, there's increased opportunity for local dedicated last mile options. And we do have an aging workforce. We have it here. We have it industry wide. And, you know, as people age, they want to maybe slow down and having the opportunity to be home and still drive is very interesting to a lot of our drivers. And we do see a lot of drivers leaving the um, over the road market for a local type position. You know, you're just speaking about, you know, drivers that are pretty seasoned and their goals when it comes to work are, are different than maybe somebody in their, their 20s or, or maybe even 18, you know, in some states, you know, less than truckload drivers um, are, are, are allowed to um, be employed. So um, do you see any difference w- with the, the younger generation versus the, the older generation, which quite frankly is the, the majority of drivers that are out there? I mean, it, do you see any trends on, on that end? I don't have any data to back it up, but I I think our younger drivers are very interested in being home. Um, Older, the older population or older drivers, you know, they got home for their child's graduation, a marriage, um, really big things. You know, we have drivers today that, you know, I want to be home for Halloween. I want to be home for, you know, this dance recital or a ball game that, you know, is a scrimmage game. So the difference is as much as we talk about maybe family, um, you know, the lack of importance maybe in family for our generate or the generation coming up, I think they are uh, realizing that driving a truck is hard on the family and they have to maintain some type of engagement to be a part of the family. We're speaking about trends, but is there anything that you see uh in, in the future of, of trucking or what you would like to see in, in the future of you know, recruiting talent and drivers? What's that particular thing if, if, if you desire to see something coming out of the work pool and, and drivers wanting to work for your company? Honestly, I would, I would hope to see more women in the industry. And I think there is a time frame that people can get into the industry or, or women, young women can do the job, earn great money and still be able to gain the experience and maybe you know, not be over the road, but still continue to drive and have a family and, and be there for the family or your you know, raised children. But, you know, we have several young females that work for us and you know, they're, they're very optimistic about being able to raise a family and and still drive a truck. And that's great. Uh, I would really like to see more women, especially young women, um, come into the industry. The the money, you know, you just can't make the money that our drivers make doing some of the work or, you know, doing the the jobs that you find uh, young women doing. We've been speaking with Shelly Dellinger, who handles marketing for cargo transporters. Shelly, thank you very much for being on the program. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. 
Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. What is the industry doing to train and prepare truck drivers? What are fleets doing to attract and retain drivers? And how is technology playing a role? As we heard from our guests, this is a battle that is fought on many fronts. With competitive pay across the board for most companies, fleets are finding new ways to entice and keep top talent. They are providing incentives and rewards for performance. Fleets are also taking steps to ensure a healthy work environment for all employees, a perk that has been increasingly popular. In addition, training facilities are finding new ways to teach the art of truck driving. As John Kearney mentioned, simulation technology provides a safer environment to learn the proper technique without the liability of roadside mishaps. With this application, it provides a sufficient complement to traditional truck driving instruction. In the future, simulation technology coupled with autonomous driving could provide a major shift for the trucking industry, but only time will tell. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with more road signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening.